time. What an awesome guy. I love Edwin. Edwin, and we had a meeting here for all the Rhema grads around the area. We had 40 of them in here from Central Florida. Thank God for churches. Amen. And so uh, he preached on, on, on pastoring, and, and, and when I got home, the Spirit of God was just so strong on me and dealing with me that I just kind of took my sermon and stuffed it off in a corner and rewrote it. I said, I'm going to start doing what you said, even though it's the week before Easter. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to start disobeying you now. So I'm going to talk about the tale of two shepherds. I want to read a statement by Kenneth Copeland. He said, this is the year of the local church. And he is right. The problems we're having in this nation right now are a product of the church. And the reason the church is in a mess is pastors are not doing what God told them to do. Now, I'm not throwing off on y'all. I'm throwing off on me and the men of God that, that are in the pulpits. Jesus said, and, I, and, we're, and I, I'm going to quote some scriptures here, and I want you, I want you to really listen to what I'm going to say. He never started a government. He didn't start the police department. He didn't start an army. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not start, stand against it. The only institution the head of the church built was the church. It is the single most important institution in the earth today. However the church goes, the family goes, and the city goes. Take a church out of a city and the, and the city will fall apart. Don't go quiet on me. Say amen. amen. Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, that means that the local church, and I'm going to prove to you in a minute that he was talking local, but there is a universal church. We all understand that because he said, I'm going to build my church. And when he said that, he was talking universally. Um, the local church should be the center of your life, each and in every city. Everybody in the church... Everybody in the city, everyone in the city's life is changed only to the degree the church is doing its job. We had Tanya Robinson was in this morning. She's a police officer for Apopka. Now, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with our police department. It's not the police. You, people don't get changed because you arrest them and put them in jail. And it's our fault that, that their jobs have become difficult. It is, the, it, is the, it is the fault of the pastors in the local churches. If we were doing our jobs, they wouldn't be out doing crack and smoking dope and, and, and pimping on the streets. The church is supposed to be um, creating a born-again mayor, a born-again chief of police, a born-again principal of the school, born-again teachers, born-again clerks, born-again businesses, and then you have a city on fire for God where their families are living for God and you don't have all the chaos that you do that we're having in America today. So as much as we want to blame the politicians, I'm going to go back and blame the church. Why are all these numb nuts don't know any better than what they're doing? Get mad at them if you want to. But they don't, they don't have any idea. And the ones that do go to church are cowardly. Don't shout me down. Am I all right? Are y'all all right? Okay. We're going to talk about shepherding. We're going to talk about pastoring. We're going to talk about the local church. So anyway, it says the body of Christ today has two shepherds. John 10, let's go there. Verse 7. Jesus said to them again, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All of the people on this earth belong to Jesus Christ. They do not belong to the government. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, and the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief, and he's talking about the devil here, 
does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you might have a life and have it more abundantly. I'm going to stop and put a plug in here. You will never have abundant life apart from your church. The local church is not a good idea. It's a God idea. And he wasn't ignorant starting it. He didn't go, oops, didn't need to do that. Amen. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. The younger shepherds do too. The hireling is he who is the shepherd. One who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. And as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now Jesus is the head shepherd. He is also called the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Let's call him the shepherd of shepherds. Now that means if he's the Lord of lords, there's got to be lords underneath him. If he's the king of kings, there's got to be kings underneath him. So we call ourselves kings and priests unto God, and that is true. But does the, but does the chief shepherd have shepherds under him? I'll wait. We had eight people. We'll see if we can get ten. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about the universal church. Go to Matthew 9. No, let's go to Matthew 16. Go to Matthew 16 first. We will see America come back to God. We will see it. Amen. Matthew 16. 18, and I will say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock or this revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not stand against it. I want you to understand something. It's his church. It doesn't belong to you, and it doesn't belong to me. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself right now. Let me get way ahead of myself. I'm going to show you in a minute that God appointed pastors. If he didn't appoint you, you're not a pastor. You cannot get $25,000 to go find a businessman to build you a church and hire you, stuff you in there, and call you a pastor. It's his church. And he thinks it's important. I want you to think it's important. Because there is nothing good will ever happen to you outside of you being in a local church. Now, even though I'm a pastor, I'm not just a preacher. I'm not your preacher. God anoints me to preach. I learned early not to get my sermons thirsty. You walk around with a preaching anointing on you for three days, you're going to be in the bed. It is very heavy. And I mean, you'll find yourself preaching yourself to death because you're running around in your pickup truck preaching all the time. You're like, oh, Jesus, help me. So I finally started getting my sermons on Saturday because I can't walk around with that preaching anointing on me all of the time. But the pastoral anointing is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 and a quarter days a year. It never goes away. It's always on me. I said that to say this. It's not God only when I'm preaching. It's God out of me all the time. And he anointed me to do the job And he didn't anoint the women's prayer group to do the job. 
He didn't anoint the deacon board to do the job. He didn't anoint Lisa to do the job. And he didn't anoint Justin to do the job. There's only one man in this church got anointed to be the shepherd, and it's me. And he talks to me about what he wants done. If, if I didn't have him, nothing, you, you, everything you're looking at, I got news for you. I, I can't, you can't make people give. They give because God moves on them. You can't make things happen. You, either God called you or it ain't happening. And I told pastors the other day, if God didn't call you to pastor, run. But if he did, you better obey him. Now, you understand what I just said is very different than the way the world thinks. The life of the city is the church. The life of your family is the church. And the anointing is on the man, not a building. Wow. I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm trying to educate us. I want you to quit thinking of the church as peripheral to the world. So what does the word church mean? It's, it's a Greek word. Now let me read it to you. Don't get quiet on me. You're making me want to preach longer. And the seniors don't want me to. They're thinking about Perkins right now. They're sitting around thinking about the word church is E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, ecclesia. It, it, what does it mean? It means ones called by God to assemble. Yes. It means people that are called by God to assemble. Now, contrary to what you may think, and I'm going to use my president and not necessarily yours. I'm just going to, I don't apologize, I'm just going to say it. If Donald Trump calls me tomorrow, I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to go where he is to meet. If he says, if I get a text, this is Donald Trump, meet me in South Florida, I'm gone. You say, but I was busy. No, I'm not. Has anybody misunderstood that? You, what happens when he calls the church home? Are you going? Three people. Let me, I'm going to raise this church from the dead in the name of Jesus. At the rapture of the church and he calls you, are you leaving? Well, then why is it he can't call you on Sunday morning and you come? Apparently, he doesn't carry a whole lot of weight. Now, you know what's wrong in America. Every person in this church that is, I've been here for 32 years next Sunday. I can walk around this church and I can show you kids and teenagers that are on fire for God. And I'm going to tell you that before the kids were on fire, mom and dad were in here and faithful and on fire. Amen. You don't need to pray for them. You show up. The anointing of God to, to work in your home will work on you if you'll get where the anointing is. I was talking at the first service about Debbie Martin. She didn't know it. I was, at, I was there in the house when Kyle was born. You remember that? You, you, Debbie is, is just faithful as a rock. You don't have to wonder what Nikki's like. And we were talking about Paul this morning. I don't know if they're listening to me right now or not. Paul's parents were Christian. And Paul was a little bit of a rebel. But Nikki's fixed that. And ever since Paul and Nikki got married, Paul's kind of come back a little bit. And listen, it's because of his faithfulness that he's showing up. He's maturing. I'm going to get into a scripture in a minute. I'm going to show you something, but I, but I need to, I'm going I'm to say this in a right way. I, I got I to leave the politics off of it. I want you to go to Facebook and I want you to look at all of the women 
on Facebook that are not saved and answer a question, why are they ugly? They're all ugly. I mean, you don't even have to wonder what, they, what the post is about. You go, oh, she's ugly. And then you read it and you go, yeah, I can understand. And why is it that all of the women on Facebook that are godly are beautiful? It would help some of you to come to church. You ought to just come to church. No, I'm, good. No, I'm teasing. Now, Lisa on the way here, Lisa and I were talking about this. And Justin will tell you this is true. We go out to Mark Hankins' meeting. You ought to see the men that God is using. I mean, they're all a bunch of old redneck, old bikers, old guys. And all of their wives are beautiful. God blesses godliness. I mean, look at me. Who in the world would marry an old ex-hippie biker? But never mind. I mean, look at Zach. I mean, dear Lord. Am I telling you the truth or not? Oh, yeah, I am. Sin will make you ugly. God will do more for you than Maybelline. <laughs> Go to Matthew 9. Thirty-five. Jesus went out in all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You know, that's never supposed to have changed. And when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like a sheep with no apostle. Well, we got one. When Jesus went around the city and the villages, teaching the synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Look at the next one. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion, for they, they were weary and scattered. Why? They had no shepherd. He didn't say anything about an evangelist. Now, let me do a little, let me help you a little bit. Thank God for Jesse. And when you get sick, and you want to get married, and you want to get buried, don't call Jesse. He ain't coming. I'll come over here and preach. And I love Kenneth Copeland. Call him if you want to. He ain't coming. He ain't even going to answer your phone. But there is somebody that God placed in your life that if you pick up the phone... He's got your number in it, and he will answer you, and he'll either come or he will send somebody to your house. And it's a shepherd. The highest office in the earth, above all politicians, above every other office, is the man that God put an anointing on to take care of people, and he's called a shepherd. And separate yourself from him and you will be weary and you will be messed up. You will scatter. So the whole idea of a church was Jesus' idea. And it's not, a, it's not a good idea. It's a God idea. And as a matter of fact, it was a commandment. Do not... Remember Adam and Eve in the garden? I know y'all, some of y'all weren't there. There's a couple people in here that were, so. I'm bad, aren't I? Don't look around. Eve is, what is Eve doing standing there staring at the tree? There's 1,500 acres of trees. Why are you standing and looking at the one you're not supposed to be messing with? And it, and it says she saw that it was beautiful. She saw it had good fruit. She saw it would make you wise. And there's nothing in the Bible that says that it was wrong. 
All that she needed to know was do not. Am I wrong? I mean, have I messed up? What, why, why not? Why didn't she just look at the snake and go, do not? Yeah, but it's a nice fruit. Do not. What, 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 why is do not subjective to our opinion? I mean, when God said, do not forsake, I think that means do not. I could be wrong. No, I'm not. Someone says, well, that's your opinion. I don't have an opinion. My name is not James. And it ain't King James. And it ain't New King James. Are y'all all right? Come on, I need, a little, I need a little help right here. When he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like a sheep with no shepherd. Let me tell you something. Everybody on the planet right now that has no shepherd is weary and scattered and quite ignorant. Amen. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful and the laborers are plue, the, plue, plue, a few, Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in the harvest field. Where does he send them from? The church. Wow. All right, let me prove something to you. Go to Romans 16. Because I know that some of you are still stuck on the universal church. Well, I am a Christian and I am the church. Let me ask you a question. Is Kenneth Copeland in the ministry? Does he go to church? Yeah. He does. Is Andrew Walmack in the ministry? Does Andrew go to church? Yes. Why don't you? Nobody, you're not absolved from church. If God can't bless you in six days, you can't in seven. Your family and your kids need church. Now, I, I don't, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to because I, it would be wrong for me to do it. But I, I actually would like to get a board and put names of people who left this church and tell you where they and their families are. I, I, there's people who used to go to this church and their kids are homosexuals today. People that went to the church and their kids are not even alive. Don't shout me down. Are y'all all right? I'm just, I know I'm a little strong, but let's talk about correction for a minute. Why don't you let pastors do their job? Why is it everybody in America today is offended because someone said something they don't agree with? Can't you, can't you dialogue? If you don't agree with me, I don't you just, you know, just hold up the Bible and go, well, he said, and then find out that I was reading. Okay. See, you're not, without a church and without preachers having the backbone to preach it, this nation's not going to change. I'll tell you something I, I just can't tolerate, and that's a gutless politician. Really, do you really think you're taking your money with you when you die? Are you serious? Rockefeller died the other day. Where is he? He's probably in hell. So much for the new world order that he began. Never mind. He should have gone to church. What did it profit him? Come on, I'm doing a better job. I mean, y'all have no idea how hard this is for me to stand here and preach something. You know, and I've always wanted to go to a Baptist church and preach on the baptism of the Holy Ghost seven and speaking in tongues. And I'm kind of feeling a little bit like I would if I was there right now. You know, just... <laughs> Wouldn't that be a ball? Never mind. I want to go to the Catholic church and preach on being born again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 16. 
I commend you to Phoebe, our sister, who as a servant of the church in, help me, Lisa. Thank you, whatever that city is. Was that a local church? Sure it was. Three quarters, 80% of the churches in the Bible are local. It's not the universal church at all. When the Bible talks about I will build my church, he was not referring to just the universal church. In other words, if he didn't, if he's the chief shepherd and all there was was a universal church, he had no reason for under shepherds. And under shepherds are, are in a building on a day. Okay, never mind. Go to verse 3. Let's read. Y'all getting quiet on me. That you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of. For indeed she has been helper of many and of myself also. Verse 3, let's go. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, they're the pastors, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. Verse 4, who risk their own necks for my life of whom I not only give thanks but also the churches of the Gentiles, local. Let's look at another one. Five, also greet the church that is in their house. That's not, a, that's not a universal, I'm a member of the body universal. That's an actual building that you need to get up and go. Now let's read one more. Verse 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. And the churches of Christ greet you. Don't do that unless you're Italian. <laughs> For Italians it's normal. Everybody else don't do it. The church is where? The physical churches. Let's look at another one, Revelation chapter 1. Are you all okay? I keep asking you that because I'm needing a little feedback. When you put on the brakes, I feel it. <laughs> Revelation 1.18. This is Jesus. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Write these things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will be will take place after this and do what with it? Put it in a book? Well, they put it in a book. For who? Churches. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels. The word angels is angelos, and it means messenger. He is referring to the local pastor of the church. Yeah. He said, send these messages to the pastor of seven churches. Whose churches were these? His. Yes. Yes. Who started them? He did. And the seven physical churches and the seven lampstands you saw are the seven physical churches. Yeah, yeah. See, he didn't come to start a universal church. He came to start a bunch of physical churches with physical people yeah. and a physical pastor yeah. and a physical anointing, yeah. and you should be a part of it. Now, if you don't know who your pastor is, you don't have one. Now, now, do y'all think I should be faithful? Yes. I think you should. Amen. Are y'all all right? Yes. We're, we're, talk, we're talking about what's wrong in America today. We're trying to get Washington straightened out. We just need to get us straightened out first. And pastors would preach strong if you'd quit running every time somebody said something you didn't like. Now, I was trying to preach on love last week, and now I'm still preaching on love, but you don't know it. I want you to go to a river this week and pick a rock up out of the bottom of it. Well, not around here. You might have to go to Colorado. Have you ever noticed it's round and smooth? You know why? The water is knocking all of the rough edges off that. You know what church does to you? It knocks all the rough edges off of you. In other words, listen, listen to what I'm going to say. Without a local church, you will not grow. You sitting at home listen, listening to a sermon, I'm not your preacher. You don't grow because you listen to a sermon. Get in a church and start rubbing 
There's people rubbing right now. Y'all been rubbed. You know diamonds cut diamonds? Did you know the only thing that'll cut a diamond is a diamond? Now, God ain't doing it to you. The people sitting next to you are, but let them polish you up. You will look a whole lot better when you get all polished up and we can see our, my face in you. That only happens in church. Amen. I'm doing pretty good. Yes, amen. Imagine the sermon I was going to preach. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Yeah, I want you to know this, and I'm not trying to run you off. But I'm not done with this sermon. I'll say that again. I just want three people to say amen. amen. I am not done with this sermon. You know the ten suggestions? Is, is thou shalt not kill legalism? I understand that there's people on the 700 Club that killed somebody before they got saved. But I would think that it would be healthy for you to stop killing people. Is that okay? I mean, I don't want to put y'all in bondage, but I just think that it's not right to run around killing people after you get born again. Amen. Am I all right? Is everybody, all right? everybody breathe, breathe. I, I, I really think that, you know, there's people that are saved and in the ministry today and, and, and they committed adultery, but I really think that you should stop. Is that too strong? Well, whatever happened to that... The Sabbath. When did that become the only legalistic scripture in, in the commandments? Did you know the millennial reign that Jesus is going to command you to come to Israel during the feast? He's not asking you your permission. He's going to tell you to do it. Well, why is it legalism in the Old Testament and legalism in the millennial reign? In the church age, you don't even go. Oh, boy. Thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm. Now you know why I told the Lord for two months I wasn't going to do this. I said, you don't, want, you don't want me to really do that, do you? You don't really want me to preach on this. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. You'll never have a move of God without it. You'll never. Until he's number one. He's not a side issue. The church is not peripheral to the world. The world's peripheral to the church. I told the mayor. I said, I trump you. I wasn't joking. I was laughing, but I wasn't joking. Never mind, y'all. These are good men. But the government doesn't change people. The people walking in this church getting born again, that's change. Getting filled with the Holy Ghost, that's change. Coming out of debt, that's change. Getting your marriage straightened out, that's change. It only happens one place. And y'all are amen, and now I'm just on a roll. I just want to say something else good. <laughs> Go to Ephesians chapter 4 with me. Did I say that a while ago? I did, but I never went over there. Verse 11, and he gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. God gave pastors. The world didn't give you pastors. God did. And he did it for a reason because you need it. And, the, and when he gave them, he anointed them to do the job I lack nothing. Amen. I, I'm going to tell you, it's sweet to have him say to me, I want you to do this, I want you to do that, because I know he's going to back it up. Right. It's sweet knowing. When he said, well, now I'm going to back up here and I'm going to tell you the story, because I actually really did not ever want this job, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not whining. I really am not. When I was in Haiti, and the Lord said, now see, I, when I went to Ramah, I, 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 I never went to no pastor's class because I'm not. I went to the evangelist class. So you can blow in, blow up, and blow out. 
And then when I left, I got my pilot's license and my Kenneth Copeland Bible. Couldn't wait to go all over the world and preach the gospel. And I'm down in Haiti, and he says, now when you get home, they're going to ask you to take that church. You are the next pastor who called me. He did. And then he said this to me. When, at, right after I took the church, now I, I don't want to name names. I'm not going to try to make it sound, someone sound bad. But the books in this church hadn't been looked at in a year and a half. And I didn't want to do the job to begin with. And he says, go in there and take the books. I said, no. He said, you're going to get me killed. He said, it's my money. And I'll do with it what I want to. Now you go get the books. A pastor taking over the money. Who would have thought? You're a businessman, you run the money, but a pastor, don't touch it because everybody knows he's a crook. Well, then God made a mistake. He doesn't know what he's doing. I took it. Boy, they were messed up. There were receipts in there. There was bills hadn't been paid in over a year. I hired a lady and brought her in and gave her the job. And, and he kept saying, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. It wasn't long before I started realizing he thinks he's God. <laughs> and he thinks I work for him. Yes. And everything I've ever done in this church that I didn't get his approval, it didn't work. And I went back and went, uh, we were doing this. And he goes, I didn't ask you to do that. I'm going to tell another story on myself. I'm just telling on myself. Even though I pastored, I still didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Debbie remembers this. Betty remembers this. And so I got invited to go to Cuba and preach. I didn't even pray about it. The Bible says going all the world and preach gospel. Boy, I got on a C-90 and flew down. I went down to Quetzaltenango, Guatemala, got on a beach craft and flew up to Havana. Went over there and got in a church and preaching. Up, and then they went back to Quetzaltenango and I'm walking around praying in the Holy Ghost. And the Lord said, what are you doing here? And you know, I'm offended. <laughs> That's a stupid question. And so I opened the Bible and read it to him. Go in all the world and preach the gospel. He said, I didn't tell you to come here. I told you to take that church. Now go home. Jeez, out of the bed did you wake up on? Boy, I got chewed out for getting people saved because it wasn't where I was supposed to be. He didn't call me to be evangelist. I came home, my tail between my legs. I said, what do you want me to do first? She said, clean your office up. It's a mess. I painted it, pulled the desk out, got everything organized. I went, yes, sir. I've been yes, sir, and ever since. Yeah. I think he's pretty serious about this thing. Yeah. Keith Moore, do y'all mind me going a little deeper? Yeah. Keith Moore had a man that came to him one day and says, Keith Moore, I'll do whatever you say. He said, well, thank you. And he said, what do you need me to do? And Keith Moore gave him a job. And three months later, he walked back in and said, you know, I'm going to have to leave now because I got a job, da, 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 da. And Keith looked at him and said, it's all right. And when he turned around, the Lord said, not all right with me. Are y'all right. ready for another one? Yeah. Keith Moore went down to Kenneth Copeland's. They called him down there to preach. People came to hear him preach, and building about half full. And Keith Moore left, and what's the pastor's name there? The George Keith. Pearson. The Lord said to George, where were your people? Well, they didn't come. He said, if I send a prophet, you tell them to come. Yeah. I had something to say. I mean, and George is like, okay. It's like we got to quit apologizing for what he said do. Is this too strong? Because I'm getting stronger in this one than I did in the first one, and I'm not sure whether y'all are doing that or not. I, God gave some apostles, some evangelists. It didn't say that there had to be an apostle in every church. 
The apostle starts churches and leaves. The evangelist preaches. Let, let me tell you something. We got men in the body of Christ today. They're an evangelist. They're not a pastor. They're, that's not a pastor. He's not a pastor. He might be a good preacher. And there's nothing wrong with you and I going to meetings. But you have a church. And you should be in it. And you should be underneath somebody, God told you, is a pastor and your pastor. Because it's not a side issue. Evangelists don't know how to take care of sheep. That's why they work them to death. And they'll kill them. Now you can kill yourself, but don't kill the people in your church. And don't call yourself a pastor if you're killing everybody in your church. You're not. No, I can't believe I said that, but I did. He gave some pastors and teachers... And sometimes the pastor teaches. Now look at verse 12. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, that doesn't mean fivefold, it means you are going to learn to minister to the body. For the edifying of what? The body. The body. With, listen to me very, very carefully. Without a local church, the body will not be edified and you will not grow. Your kids will not grow, your family will not grow, and they will be messed up. They will be messed up. They'll be scattered. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. Don't let that throw you. Mature man to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. So what is my job? Grow you up. For you to look, walk, talk, and act. Like Jesus. Did he get people saved? Well, then you're going to learn to do it too. Is there, do we, does God believe in evangelism? He does. And he has people who are evangelists. But they shouldn't be the only ones winning the lost. A full-grown, mature believer will grow up and look, walk, and talk, and act exactly like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's brag on some people. Let's just, right. let's look at Megan. Look at little sweet little Megan. Yes, amen. Isn't she like the sweetest yes, thing you ever saw in your life? I mean, amen. dear Lord. I told you the other day, I said, I am going to clone you. She gets here early, leaves late, and she never complains. But I can tell you a lot about Megan by meeting her mom. And I'll guarantee you, had her mom not been faithful to church, she'd have never produced this girl. That's true. Wow. I tell you, there's a few more kids in this church. We'll talk about Justin in a minute. I can tell you a lot about the parents by their kids. And I'll guarantee you, the, the walk with God is at home. Yeah. Now, the moment you stop, you have just shipped your kids to hell. The local church was designed for you to have a place to groom and nurture your family. And you need it. Is this okay with y'all? Yeah. Try, I'm trying to bring some, some, some normalcy back to the body of Christ today. Anytime you're offended, you're listening to the devil. Get over it. Get the love book out and go home and read it until you get back right with God. Now, in case you don't know it, I've quit this church myself. I have got my little pity party and my thumb in my mouth and mad. I called Mary Fran one day and I said, I quit. And she said, you big baby, shut up. 
repent. I mean, she was not nice to me at all. I want some sympathy. Chewed me out. You get back in there and do what God told you to do. It hung up on me. I was looking for a word from the Lord. <laughs> so I'm not picking on you. I'm not just picking on, I'm picking on us. I am where I am today because of men. Thank God for Brother Hagen. Thank God for Kenneth Copeland. Thank God for these men. It took me, I was a hippie, took me and groomed me. And I'll tell you something, the second thing that groomed me was this church. If I'd have left, I'd have never made it. I had to grow up. If you'll stay, you'll grow up. If you'll stay, you'll grow up. If you don't, you will not. I don't care if God called you. You're done. And that's a little strong, isn't it? I told you about the kids. We could go around the, the church right now and talk about the young people in this church. What about Chloe? Isn't she a doll? I'm going to tell you something. You ain't met her grandma and her mom. Betty, I'm, it's all right if I pick on you a little bit. But Caleb would tell me how Betty would pick him up in the morning, take him to school. Guess what they did all the way to school? Prayed in the Holy Ghost. No, there ain't no ands and buts about this, baby. You're going to pray in the Spirit. Well, you watch him today, and you know Grandma had something to do with this. And, and Melanie a little bit, but mainly Betty. No, Melanie's a good lady. lady Melanie's a good lady. Now, I didn't say, I'm not putting you in condemnation that everybody in your family is living for God. If there's somebody, listen, you just keep living for God yourself. You, can, you quit praying for your kids and you start being an example to your kids. Now, I got my sister Robin watches from, from Georgia and I think Nancy sometimes watches from, from Washington, D.C. But I'm going to tell you the reason my family's in church is me. I got on fire for God and just sucked the whole pile of men. Because you, the anointing that comes off on you, you, you walk in your house with it. And you watch what your kids will just straighten up. You know, sometimes you got a wild kid, just go in there and go, hallelujah, come to dinner, show the glad, hallelujah, come and go to church with me. I don't like it. Didn't ask you. That's right. You want to eat? Come on, let's go to church. Amen. Uh, uh, and at least y'all are smiling now. You should have seen you all go. Y'all scary. Look at verse 14. That we would no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plottings. Does this sound like Washington, D.C. to you? How did so many people get so stupid? Man, if they'd been in church, they wouldn't believe that mess. Speaking the truth in love may what? Three more. Four of you. Six. Do what? Grow up. They ain't no, without a church, there ain't no growing. It's not just to get saved. Grow up. And it's a process. And it takes time. Now let's talk about your pastor for a minute. There aren't any perfect pastors. God didn't tell you to follow Daryl. Are you going to Daryl's church? It ain't Daryl's church. I'm not preaching Daryl. Chapter 1, verse 1. I'm still living the same book you are. I go home and go, Lisa, what should I do? She said, practice what you preach. I went, oh, be quiet. She hadn't said that too much, but a couple times she's had to tell me to straighten up and fly right. Come on, all of us do. 
he didn't make a mistake. I'll build my church. Well, you're going to have to go. I should be preaching this Easter Sunday when the Easter and Christmas only people are here. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to. Oh, man, I got 11 minutes. Go to Psalm 92. If you're not growing in love, you're not growing in God. And honey... It's process. While you're going there, just hold your place. I'm going to go someplace else for a minute. And just don't follow me. Just let me go there. Let love be without hypocrisy and abhor what's evil. Cling to what's good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. and honor, give preference to one another. Don't lag in diligence and fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own opinion. Owe no one anything except to love one another. He who loves has fulfilled the law. The commandment, you will not commit adultery, not murder, not steal, don't fear boss witness. Don't covet. Is there any other commandment also than this saying, you'll love your neighbor as yourself and love does no harm to his neighbor. The whole point of Christianity is to be like God. Amen. Not going to be like God if you don't run around with him. That's true. Now let's go over there to Psalm 92. Your business will not put you over. I mean, there's people who need to hear that. Well, I was busy. Under the, in the Old Testament, and I'm going to quote a scripture, and I've been, man, I, I've been a fear in this for years. When God told them that he gave them manna, but on the last day, get enough for two days and don't go looking on the Sabbath. What, what do you think he meant? then why did they all get up and go looking? Was he joking? Why are you looking for finances so you can bless the church you don't go to? That's pretty rough, I know. But stop and think. Just think about this a minute. I mean, God's not stupid. If you didn't need a church, he wouldn't have told you to go. You're not smarter than God. Get up on Sunday and honor God. You can't honor without giving. Take your flesh and put it under, get dressed up, and go to church. Hallelujah. And then quit praying for your kids to come to church if you don't. You have screwed them up. They're not making it because they went to school. I know that's strong. I'm preaching this trembling. I'm telling you, I'm just shaking. Because I already know that this... You know, it, this is like preaching tongues in a Baptist church. Preaching for charismatics to be there Sunday. That's, that's your idol. That's your rebellion. He didn't, he didn't ask you if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He commanded it. It's not a suggestion. It's not like getting a radio in your car. It's the motor. Nobody said, what do you think? He didn't ask you what you thought about church either. I'm glad y'all are smiling. Megan, I'm just going to look at you the rest of the service. This is sweet. Are y'all in Psalm? I'm going to give this to Lisa in a minute and get all of you saved. Psalm 92. 
the righteous, verse 12, shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Let me stop. America is great because America's God is great. We did not make America great. And we're on the verge of losing it. They're spending you into a recession and a depression in Washington. They're spending more money than there are taxes. They must stop it. They're bankrupting us. Your lifestyle as you see it now will not continue if this nation does not turn back to God. You cannot play your game anymore. Seek first means first. Not your business and not your career and not your college education. I said first. If your kids are not tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling, Bible-thumpers, do not send them to a university. I can't believe I said all that. I love my nation. I love growing up here. I love the people Green, purple, red, black, white, yellow, and polka dotted. I love them all. We don't have a race problem. We don't have a skin problem. We have a sin problem. That's right. And we're going to have to start doing something. And, I, and, and for, for me, I, I want this church to be a beacon in this city. And it will be. I've got to start doing my job. And that's pastoring. Back to verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Say me. me. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. I can walk around this room right now and just pull people up that are faithful to God, and I can tell you they grow old gracefully. I'm going to tell you something about Lisa's mom. Lisa's mom, they sent her to the hospital, and she got C. diff in the hospital. Then they wanted to operate on her. How old was she, babe? 87. 87. Lisa is a warrior. You think she's sweet all the time? She's not. Don't mess with her kids or her mama. I'll tell you about Jordan one day when they mistreated him on a truck. She sent the state trooper and got him off that truck. Jordan thought he was being arrested. She found out the other guy in the truck was mistreating her. And so he bought her shoes for Christmas called Mama Bear. Don't mess with the cubs. So she went in the hospital, and they wanted to operate on her. Honey, when you want to operate on an 80-something-year-old woman, you're just trying to make some money. So Lisa told them, you're... They wanted to take organs out. They want to take her organs out. How's she functioning? She's sick because she's in your hospital. So Lisa went in there and had a talk with a doctor. You see, it's good to have a bold wife because she learned it being around a bold man, which is not arrogance, it's called bold. You'll get bold too if you keep, you stay here, you'll get some backbone, you're about yourself, okay. So she goes in the hospital and takes her mom home. And then she cured her mother of C. diff. Do you want to know what it's like to lay in a bedroom and watch a lady die naturally without being sick? called her husband in there and talked to him and called us in there and talked to us and then we prayed over her, closed her eyes and went home to be with Jesus. That's a woman living for God. Woo, glory to God. Faithful to church. Faithful to God. And her kids. I mean, she came, she produced a good girl. I went there and I said, I think I like that girl. I'm going to marry her and make her mine. 
She thought I was Kenneth Copeland, and while she was not seeing real good, I married her. She said, are you Kenneth? I said, amen, baby. I tried to get her to marry me early before she figured it out, but she's a slow learner. She just didn't figure it out. So finally, I got her down there and got her all married up, and on the honeymoon, she went, you're not Kenneth. And I said, but you're married. No, I didn't really. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Say church. God's idea. He didn't mess up. He did not make a mistake. You want your family, you want your home in order. You want your kids to have good marriage. Get them in church. Come on. Now some of y'all have been squirming, fidgeting. You got wore the new chair out underneath you this morning. It's brand new. How many of y'all ready to make some adjustments? I love every one of y'all. I'm going to tell you something. When God put the pastorate on me, I'm going to tell you something. It changed me. And I have a lot of wisdom, but it was given to me by God to do a job. And he loves people. And he loves y'all. I want the church in America to come back to a great appreciation for the things of God. We have a great shepherd. You have, you have little shepherds. And I think it's time for us to start putting the church back where it's supposed to be. If you want the nation to turn. Are y'all willing? Are y'all game? Father God, I, I have preached my heart out and, and I know that they don't understand this, but, but there's a lot of things I said today that I have been just almost not wanting to ever make a statement, but I, I think it was time to do so. This nation needs you. We need you. This church needs you. Kids, the kids and children's church, they need you. They don't need you occasionally. They need you every Sunday. Set aside time. You're the one that said it. Father, I pray that if I've said anything today that has offended anybody, they can blame me. But I don't apologize for the word. I pray over everybody the sound of my voice that their homes, if they're scattered and weary, they've been given the answer today what to do about that. It's not just coming up in the front and have someone lay hands on them. It's literally making a commitment to the plan that you put in the church. You put in the earth. You put in the earth. I pray that, that this church, everybody in it, would get their eyes back on you and fall in love with you all over again. And we see it on their faces. If parents are in here right now and their kids are not living right, I pray that as the parents begin to make adjustments, their kids would see it. And the ones that are not here today, I'm asking you to arrest them. They're disobeying you, and they're not right. And I'm asking you to deal with their hearts. I love you, Papa God. I give you the glory and honor for all the people in this church that have been changed. I thank you for me and Lisa and how much you've changed us. I, I thank you for what you've done in my son and my sons and my daughters. They wouldn't be where they are today if it wasn't for you. And I give you the glory and honor. Hallelujah. Next Sunday's Easter. I'll see you Sunday. Praise the Lord. Amen. Sickness scatters health. Poverty scatters wealth. And that's what the word said. It says, if you have no shepherd, you'll be scattered. The word of God says, what does it profit if you gain the whole world and you do what? And you lose your soul. That's not just a cute saying. That is the word of God. What does it profit if you, if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? If you gain the approval of the whole world, money, fame, it's okay to be famous, but keep the priority right. Amen? Jesus.
If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Lord, consider John 3.16, for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, everybody say, whoever is me, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn you. That's not, Jesus said, who is he who condemns you? It's not me. It's me who died for you and gave my life for you. I'm not condemning you. Amen. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Saved, healed, delivered. Amen. If you're here today and you've never remembered a time that you said, Jesus, come into my heart. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. All you got to do is confess him as Lord. That's what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. If you confess him as Lord and you accept and believe that God raised him from the dead, that he died for you, you'll be saved. That easy. Come on up. As my altar workers are coming up now, they are willing to pray for you for any reason. Any reason, shape, form, anything. The Heavenly Father said, Jesus said, if you agree on anything, if two of you will agree on anything as touching anything, everybody say anything, they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. It shall be done. Amen. And so in a minute, the rest of y'all can exit. If you need prayer, don't walk away from this church today without getting the prayer that you need. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.